So it's great to be here and starting this new series on prayer, uh, Supernatural Power of Prayer, hallelujah. And I'd like to um, let you know that we have this book called Effective Prayer, one of the two books in prayer that Colin's written. Um, most of my message is coming from here, so I really encourage you to, to get this if you want to go deeper in your prayer life. Also, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from there. Because I thought um, it's all way well put. There's no way trying to reward it. Um, so we're going to be looking today at intercession, which is uh, <clears throat> one type of prayer uh, of the many, many, many different types of prayer that you can actually think about. Uh, I think it's that big. And for the sake of my message, I have come up with a couple of definitions, which I believe they are theologically correct. Um, but you can put me right if that's not true. And, but they surely are practical for us to, to understand uh, how prayer works if we don't do already. Um, for me, prayer, just when we talk about prayer, is any form of communication with God. Literally, any. I call prayer any form of communication with God. The difference then with prayer and intercession, my definition for intercession is to petition God for a third party or a situation that doesn't necessarily direct, is, is not necessarily co directly connected to us. For example, we pray uh, for the victims or for the families of an earthquake in the other side of the world, or, uh, or when it happened the tsunami, or we pray for elections that it will, whoever is elected will. Uh, in some country you know, that is not our own, that, that person who is elected would allow the gospel to prosper in that nation. So we basically take the place of someone else and ask God to give us an intercessory burden, I'm giving you a lot of jargon now, so that with that burden we can pray to God that he will do something about it. Does that make sense so far? So where does this idea come from? Well, this idea comes from knowing God. As we're going to see through a few characters in the Bible that we're going to look at, uh, at today, um, the whole concept of intercession is to be able to hear the heart of God for a situation and to be able to align ourselves with that which he's speaking which he may be talking, which may be his pain, if you want to put it that way. The thing that he's feeling in his heart, connecting uh, to what he likes to see happening, connecting to the purpose and the destiny that God may have for a person, a situation, or a nation, depending on which area we are, we are talking about, we are interceding. And one of the first... Uh, to do this in the Bible was Abraham. He was called the father of the faith. He was called a friend of God. And only by having those titles, then he was able to intercede powerfully in a situation. And why don't we look at it together? Let's go to Genesis 18.22, if you've got your Bibles with you. Genesis 18.22. And this is the story 
where Sodom is going to be destroyed. And Abraham, who knew God, basically was saying to God, God, I know you're more graceful than this. I know you are better than this. I know, God, that in your heart of hearts, you don't want to destroy that city. And let's read a little bit of the story here in Genesis 22. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Abraham here is talking to God. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Imagine talking to God like that. Oi, shouldn't you be doing right? Isn't that astonishing? If we walk into the office of the Prime Minister today and we address him in this manner, we're probably going to get dragged out and chucked in the street. But if the son or daughter of the Prime Minister walk in his office and address him like that, that will probably give them a hug and say, no, you need to learn a, bit, a thing of two about how to talk to me, but hey, I still love you. Come on. It all comes from a place of intimacy and knowing God. So it goes on. So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare it all the place for, the, for their sakes. So basically saying, yes, if there are 50. And then the conversation goes on and on to if there is 10 righteous, will you destroy it? Uh, so Abraham doesn't let go. He continues to push God into this direction of almost defiantly saying, I know you. And because I know you and I know you're a gracious God, I know you don't want to destroy the righteous. And I know that your grace and your mercy is so abundant that you will forgive one of the worst cities in, the, in, uh, in, in ancient times when you measure in sin levels um, because of the righteous that live in it. Of the righteous that live in it. Of course, uh, Abraham had a, some sort of a stake in the situation because his nephew was there, Lot. But um, it's interesting because um, as we continue to, to see other examples in the Bible, we see in Exodus 32, 30, how Moses comes into the presence of God time and time again to intercede for the people of God, to Make sure that the wrath of God doesn't fall on them. 
And in Exodus 32, 30, there's a good example there. It says, the next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. He was willing to stand in the gap for others' sin. It wasn't even his own sin. He had done nothing wrong. But he was going to present himself before a holy God because he knew that we serve a merciful and graceful Lord to say, God, forgive your people. Please, God, don't destroy them. Give them a chance. Moses placed himself into a face-to-face confrontation. And he pleaded for the glory to be seen. He pleaded that that glory would change him, that glory will forgive them, that glory that he lived in, the fact that he knew God would change his people. He had faith for them. And he knew the heart of God because they were God's chosen people. So God obviously loved them and God obviously wanted to forgive them. Again, this is the key to our successful intercession. He was given a task to perform and a message to proclaim. And there was a personal cost to Moses. You see, he didn't have to do it. He he didn't sin. It was a choice. You could say maybe even it was a trial from God. So many times when when we walk in a Christian life, God put opportunities in front of us, opportunity to serve, opportunities to preach the gospel, opportunities to do something for someone, to join a cell, to get involved in the ministry of the church. And it's not so much about what you will do with that, as in if you're gonna be coming to the church to help us stuck in the chairs. It's not so much about the job, but it's a lot to do many times with the fact that you know that you wanna have the same servant heart that Jesus had, and that's why you're doing it. And I don't know if anybody's been there, but so many times, in our Christian life, we get to crossroads and God is asking us to do something and we are not too sure because it takes, it will take a toll on ourselves. It will, it will, we will have to pay a price for it. And many times, we take that step of faith. I mean, it, it happened to me once or twice at least. Um, way, back, uh, way back when I was in Argentina, around 12, 13, 13 years ago, they say, I mean, they did this announcement know very well, to my opinion. They went and said, there is nobody to clean the toilets for the next three months, so we need, we need someone to come forward. If they would have said there's 10 people and we need one more in the team, you know, maybe you think I don't have to do it all myself. But um, it was one of those things that I, I felt God was testing me, and I said, you know, I hate cleaning toilets. Who, I mean, who likes that? But um, it's got to be done. So I said, okay, I think I'll do this. I don't have much to do on a Saturday, uh, especially at that age. So um, I went for it. 
It happened that I didn't know. I just, they, back home, they just said, show up on Saturday at 4 p.m. or something, and that's it. When I got there, all the mamas were there from early, like 2 p.m., and all the toilets were clean. And by the time I got there, I got just to, get, to enjoy my dinner with them. Because, you know, when mama goes, they, the food comes just behind them. So it was awesome. And it was three months of fattening uh, in the spirit and with, mamas, with the mamas of the church. And I learned a great, great lesson that day. And I'm sure you can identify with things in your life in which you thought this was going to be a huge mountain that God is putting inside, in front of me to climb, and then it ended up being an awesome, awesome blessing. So I wonder how much of the intercession that God is asking us to do has more to do with us than with the people that we actually intercede. But let me assure you that when we do intercede, it makes a difference. It does make a difference. Things change. Things change. For the, for, the, for the people of Israel, over and over again, the mercy and grace of God was shown through the 40 years in the desert because of the intercession of one man, Moses, who chose to, even though he was walking with God and doing the right thing, chose to stand in the gap for those who were not for those who didn't understand, for those who didn't have the relationship yet and the level of revelation um, that they needed. Amen. And of course, he was completely transformed, Moses, uh, as a byproduct of this intercession. Completely transformed. So how does intercession work? Well, I, I think I'll more or less explain you, but... Something like this. You need to pray for something. And that something may be a person who is ill. It may be a nation, as we were saying. It may be a situation in your family. You name it. What you do, you go then to the Father for revelation on how to pray. And he will give you an intercessory burden. And what an intercessor burden, I think, is, is sort of a way of praying. How would you pray? And normally, this has a lot to do with identifying ourselves with the pain, with the suffering of that situation. And that's why in the title it says, uh, groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes when you're asking God about that person or that situation, you will not be able to express with words the burden of intercession. And, you know, in KT we're good at this. We just burst, burst into tongues. See? Because it's so... It, it's an overwhelming feeling of what that person must be going through. And what better equip could we be to come before God then, again, saying, God, I feel this pain. I feel what's going on in this situation. 
I know that you don't mean for this to happen. You are a good God. You are a loving God. God, change this. God, intervene in this. Pour out your grace. Pour out your mercy in this situation for this person, for this nation. Amen? The prayer is basic. The prayer is more, more or less going to be the same for every situation because we are calling out the nature of God onto that situation. But how do we do it? How do we go about it? And how do we get that burden of intercession is very important. And it comes from a place with, of intimacy with God. Also, as we wait for that understanding, we can pray the word of God. Grab the Bible and start reading. And sometimes a verse will come into your spirit. And that's the line of prayer that you need to take. You know, because what better way of knowing God and making sure that we are operating under God's authority than by using his word, his word, sorry, as our weapon, the sword of the spirit. That's why this series is called the sword of the spirit. And also we have to use the revelation gifts. We have to use the gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, things about the situation. We need to be open to hear from God and use those, those gifts of the Spirit. Uh, sometimes he will give you um, a word of knowledge. And it's not possible for you to share the word of knowledge with this person who is in the other side of the world and you have no connection with. Let's say I ask you to pray for someone now, we all stand up and start praying for that person. So what's the use of that word of knowledge, you may ask? Well, that word of knowledge is specifically for you to pray to break whatever God's revealed you, revealed to you through that word of knowledge. And it's also an extremely prophetic act. I mean, this is the most prophetic prayer you can do. Because we are constantly trying to listen to God about a situation. Isn't that what prophets do? They listen to God about a situation and they bring the word of God. And this is for every believer. Believer, If you read Joel 2, 22 to 28, 20, sorry, Joel 2, 28 to 30, says, and afterward, I will put my spirit, pour out my spirit, on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and all men will dream dreams, and young men will see visions. Even my sermons, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. This is our time, people of God. This is a time of prophetic prayers, of discerning the season, of discerning what God wants us to pray about and how. We don't have time to be doing any other thing than what God's will is for situations in our lives and in other people's lives. We know the situation in, in our country here in Great Britain with the advance of Islam and false religion and many other things, secularism in the politics and the attacks on marriage and everything that is happening we need to be focused on this. And this is what we meet, by the way, Wednesday after Wednesday here at 7 p.m. to pray and intercede for the nations, for people, for things, for people that are suffering. 
because we choose to make that standing in the gap for them, even though it doesn't affect us directly all the time, we choose to do it because we know that's what's in the heart of God for that nation, for that person. But above all, we know that Christ is the master intercessor. Intercessor is the natural expression of a life filled to overflowing with the love of God. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus taught that we should love one another in the same way that he has loved us. He expresses his love for us by interceding for us. Therefore, we are to love in his way. Intercession must be a priority in our lives. So we know he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for our lives. Intercession is a Christ-like attribute, an attitude of your heart. We always say, oh, Jesus, make me more like you. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. And we don't know exactly what it means. We sing songs. and we... Well, let me tell you, this is a way where we can be more like Jesus. By interceding. You see, there's no greater love than one who gave up his own life for a friend, says the Bible. And when people come into a place of intercession, they are giving of their times. They are giving of their lives for something else, for someone else. Selflessly coming into the presence of God to ask for something that they're not going to enjoy. How many know that that's not our society at the moment? Hey, it's deep, eh? Sometimes it gets in under our skin, these selfish, selfish thoughts and selfish attitudes towards things and people and the Word of God and our place, and we're thinking, well, but I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have... What is the point of me praying for someone else? Let me pray for myself first. Once I'm sorted... That doesn't sound like the kingdom of God to me. Amen. Is it too heavy? Glory. Well, the title doesn't help me. Groanings which cannot be uttered. That's dark. Here we go. So we identify with a need. We identify with the people that are in need. We are sensitive to the intercessory burden, and then we persevere. And I tell you what, if you're in KT, and you don't know how to persevere, next time you come to the prayer meeting, sit right next to an African mama. They taught me how to persevere in prayer. Just try to keep up with them. Guarantee you 10 minutes, you're out. And they'll be going for two, three, four, five hours, nonstop, persevering in the presence of God for something that has nothing to do with them. Nothing to do. And my prayer is that today, not only you learn bits and pieces of what intercession is, but you will get a burden for intercession in your heart, that there will be a deposit of an intercessory prayer mantle coming upon you. That's it. Close the door. Lock. Nobody gets out until everybody's an intercessor. 
You know, I don't want to say it this way because I don't think that's the gospel, but it is for your benefit. When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not what we want, what we need, what we think we should do, but what his program is, everything else comes to us. So what are the features of intercession? Loud prayers, silent prayers. Sometimes I do silent prayers in the prayer meeting and everybody looks at me like, what's going on? What's going on? Because we are KD, right? We are mainly loud prayers. But you can do a lot. Of course, praise and worship and thanksgiving. How many feel that God speaks to you about things when you are in praise and worship? Yeah? Amen. Prayer and fasting and Traveling in prayer. And this is deep. And this is the part I want to read from the book. Uh, because it touches in the groanings that cannot be other part of the message. Christ's death accomplished many things for believers. Which are brought to birth. Brought to birth. That is brought into the physical realm through the intercession prayer. Through his life, death, death and resurrection, Jesus brought forth the spiritual realities of the new creation. He rescued humanity from Satan's grip. He appealed, he appeased, sorry, God's wrath and delivered humanity from sin, sickness and death. He provided for mental, emotional and physical wholeness. He gave an example of the ideal way for all people to live and die. And he gave birth to a new creation which could produce the divine nature. But the experiential benefit and enjoyment of many of these things often depend on the prevailing and travailing in prayer. Let me read that again. But the experiential benefit and enjoyment of many of these things, what things? The victory over death, sickness, mental, emotional, and physical wholeness. All of those things depend on the prevailing and travailing in prayer. In Romans 8, 22 and 23, Paul writes about creation groaning or travailing with birth pains. There is a deep longing throughout all creation for the new creation that is to come. And we, when we are saved, when we accept Christ in our hearts, we become part of that new creation. We become part of the solution. We become part of the life, the salt and the light that needs to shine on this earth. We become more like Jesus. Amen. You know, I want to pray uh, two prayers today. First of all, I want to pray for you if, you if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're thinking, well, I don't know what, when you say about having intimacy with God, knowing God, uh, I don't think I know God. I don't think I've ever been close to God to be able to know his mind or heard him uh, the way you're talking to me, Esteban, this afternoon. Uh, then I want to pray for you so that you will receive Christ in your heart. And uh, it's a very simple thing to do because uh, what happened was this. 
through our sins, through our lives living far away from God, we cannot hear his voice. We close the door to God, even without knowingly, without knowing it. You see, the sin that is in our lives, anything, just a lie, a thing that you know you shouldn't have done and you've done, uh, that's enough because he is a perfect and good God. But I want to encourage you because when Jesus died, as I was just reading, he died to grant us forgiveness from sin. He died to grant us a connection with the Father again, with the Lord of Lords, with the King of Kings, with the King of the universe. And by simply accepting him today in your heart, you can enjoy again, or for the first time, that communion, that intimacy, that hearing of his voice when you pray. So I'll ask uh, everybody to bow our heads and I'm gonna make a prayer for Jesus to enter into your hearts. You don't have to repeat it. Just uh, agree mentally as I pray this prayer with me. And that will be enough for you to come close to God, for you to make peace to God, for you to start living a life close to him. Just praise this, this prayer in your, in your head as, as I pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, I hear this message today and I know that I want to walk with you. I know that I want to know you better. I know there is things that are not right in my life. So I ask you that you will forgive me for every sin. And now I know that you can make good on your promise to reconcile me with the Father. So I ask you to do it so. So I can hear his voice, so I can find my destiny in him. Jesus, come into my heart. Amen. Now if you pray that prayer for the first time, we'd like to, to help you listen to his voice, to help you on your first step to know God better. So if that's you today, I'll ask you to please indicate by lifting your hands and we have a little gift we wanna give you and also uh, pray with you. If that's you, for the first time that you've accepted Jesus in your heart and pray that prayer for the first time. Anybody here? Glory, amen. Okay, so now we're gonna do some intercession. How about that? Why don't we all stand up? And for, I know for some of you this will be easy, but I'm guessing that from some others, and sometimes even for the ones that are easy, it could be tricky. So I want you to think of a situation or something or someone that is outside your close circle, if possible. If not, just do it with someone that you know. Not yourself, though. And uh, we're going to do this a little bit um, if you want, in stages, which is not you know, what we normally do it. But as you do it more and more, you will realize like with any, anything that you practice, it becomes easier. And it becomes clearer, the voice of God and what you should be praying for. And that voice of God may be 
like a picture that comes into your mind, maybe a thought, maybe an idea, don't dismiss it. Rather pray that and ask God, should I continue to pray in this direction? And maybe you will get peace or a sense of quietness and then you know that's God with you. It's very difficult to, to show you, but the more you do it, the more you realize, the more you recognize which one is the voice of God and which one is not. It's about intimacy. It's about spending time in His presence. So we're going to pray for a few minutes. Remember, look at that need. Stand in the gap for that need. Bring it before God and say, God, how do I pray for this? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to pray? Maybe God will tell you, pray this way, persevere in this way, but then go and do something about it. That's great. Prayer and action. We like that. So I will leave it to you, but before we do that, I want to pray and release the spirit of intercession upon you. Amen? Glory. I've been running the prayer meeting for now almost four years. Hopefully, I've learned something. I'm I have so much to learn, believe me. But whatever I've learned, whatever God has placed in me, I want to impart to you. Amen? Let's go. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for your intercessory burden to come upon all of the people under the sound of my voice today. Lord, that you will impart that nature of yours into every heart. That new revelation of who you are will come into us afresh today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's pray for something. You can do quiet prayer, you can do loud prayer, you can do silent prayer. It doesn't really matter. Whatever your style is, whatever you feel comfortable with. faith and start praying for it and God will start showing you that because you've already asked him show me how do I pray for this so go ahead and get take a step of faith and start praying in the direction that you think is right Let your kingdom come into these situations, oh Lord. Let your will be done. Your will of gracious goodness. You are a good God. 
your goodness and mercy knows no end there's none good but you O oh Lord you to keep practicing to keep doing this at home and to persevere remember my story about the African mama persevere if you need a little bit of help if you get stuck if you don't hear God this is why we have the prayer meeting Wednesday night we are always here Come out and join with us as we intercede for others. Amen? Fantastic. Well, we'll see you next week at the 2.30. We continue with prayer. We're going to be looking at the different aspects of prayer. Um, hope you go away with a real sense of having taken something from God and learned something new. And uh, don't let it go. Treasure in your heart. Uh, God bless you as you go today. Thank you. Remember, Artie Kendall is with us at 7 o'clock. Bruce Atkinson talking on faith at the 5 o'clock service. Uh, we're looking forward for a great evening here at KT. If you want to stay behind or go for a coffee and come back, you're very welcome to do so. God bless you.